Welcome to Club Sandwich, where the music is great and the stories are real. Each week we talk about life in the middle, the middle of raising kids, nurturing careers, and navigating the ever-changing needs of our aging parents. I'm Jennifer Owens. I serve as Editorial Director at Firstly, the first financial wellness platform designed specifically for the sandwich generation. I'm also the mother of two, wife of one, and the daughter and stepdaughter of my children's grandparents. I know firsthand how complex family life can be and how it can change in an instant. I also know how hard it can be to prepare for the future, especially one that impacts our kids, our parents, let alone ourselves. And our guest today knows that too. Sam Murray, thank you so much for sharing your Sandwich Generation story with us today. You are welcome, Jennifer. Thanks very much for having me. So you are a working dad of two and an entrepreneur. You founded Hilt Projects, which does experiential marketing. Correct. And which made me think of, because your kids are ages 6 and 11, and when my kids were that age, summer was the headache of every freaking year, figuring out what their days would look like. So can you do experiential marketing for your kids for the summer? Does that work like that? It doesn't really work like that. (laughs) And um, just to clarify, I collaborate with a lot of experiential marketing agencies, and we we build a lot of the physical elements uh, so sets, displays, props, and all of those types of things. Still works for summer camp for it's dad's still summer, summer camp. camp. <laughs> yeah. No, I've had my kids in here a lot. The luxury of having a spe- big space and a studio where you can have kids run around on a rainy day or ride bicycles is uh, is huge, especially given the amount of space that most people don't have in New York City. Yeah, and so how is the summer going? Are they so, at camp? Like, yes. how are you doing it? So my six-year-old is at camp in the park. He's having a great time with his friend. My older kid is currently not in camp, so I've been juggling him and work and all the other things, enjoying time with him, but also just trying to keep my studio moving forward Yeah. Uh, after being hit very hard after the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Well, so I set that scene because what we're going to talk about is the other generation mm-hmm. and talk about your, your mom. But like, yeah. I think with all things with the sandwich generation, it's that there's a base of what's happening in your own home, that you're dealing with your work and your kids, you know, your partner, like all these things are happening. And then, so let's talk about what's happening with your mom that, right, it's COVID was uh, clamping down on the world. Your mom experienced a big transition, a loss of freedom. And so can you kind of set the scene for what happened? Yeah, well, I mean, actually the um, October just pre-COVID, Um, I went back to Scotland to help my parents, my father and my mother move out of a house that they lived in for 37 years in the country, surrounded by, you know, nature, farms and a house full of stuff. So that was a huge emotional and, you know, physical and uh, uh, on many levels, a tough, tough thing to transition for them. Neither of them really wanted to move. So, And how much stuff came home with you? Because my family always does the, we don't want to toss this. Yeah. So you should take it. <laughs> I, you know, having lived in New York, I've become pretty ruthless and a lot more selective yes. about what gets kept and what doesn't. Although my family does have a huge amount of sort of stuff and objects from various past family members, some of which are yes. precious and some of which you care about, some of which I can sort of forego. But yeah, about 12. Boxes, That's a thing. <laughs> about 12, 12 boxes came back to the US. <gasps> oh, okay. Yep. Yes. All right. And, um, so there was that, and then <laughs> moving them, and then my sister came up from London, so there were four of us sort of helping out with that. Uh, but my father was not well throughout all of that experience, Yeah, and um, he actually passed away the February, just pre-COVID. So I was back in Scotland with my parents in their new little house, which was in a little town, 
Uh, the other reason we moved them is my mother had a bad car crash about five years ago and lost her license. So neither of them could drive. Yeah. Up hill, so we had to get her into a little town where she could just walk to shops. Um, right. So got the call that my dad was not doing well, went back to Scotland in February and um, he passed away. And then two weeks later, COVID hit. Um, so my mom's been, you know, going through it all. She lost her husband of 52 years, 52 years, 54 years, and moved from a house that she lived in for 37 years and was suddenly in a new house alone and just having a... No driver's license, so she can't even... Like, no driver's license, which, and that was her sort of ticket to freedom was just be able right. to hop in a car living in Scotland and just pop to visit a friend or do anything. And suddenly she just was very, very trapped. And then COVID, because you, and I'm assuming you couldn't visit. I could not visit and have yeah. not been able to visit. My sister, who lived in London just before COVID also, went to visit her boyfriend, who lives in Cape Town, South Africa, and is still there. She wow. has had a few opportunities to get out, but was also like, what do I do in London? I'll be sitting there on my own when I could be in South Africa with my boyfriend. Yep. And, you know, the flights were canceled, and then they were delayed, and then it sort of Things change between the UK and South Africa, and they've both been very high alert. So, you know, my mom has felt incredibly alone. You know, I'm yes. three and a half thousand miles away, and my sister, who was, you know, often popping up and down to Scotland and, you know, geographically right. much closer to my parents and also yep. been a lot more often, is suddenly, you know, a long, long way away as well. So my mom has been struggling through all of that. And I bet you, if she's like my mom, there is the friend set that is starting to pass too that does not help with the sense of mm -hmm. the time and place in your life that you're in it's a lot yeah it's a lot you know her greatest friend that she'd known since she was you know she's 87 she'd known her since she was 17 passed away the other day and a musician friend my mother was a clarinet player and a pianist and um, one of her oldest sort of music friends just just passed away last week so she's sort of experiencing that and then her sister who lives in melbourne in australia who's 91 is also very much on the cusp of you know yeah. Dying, I think, you know, she's really got to a point where it's becoming quite obvious. So my mom is sort of stuck in this little village in Scotland, feeling a long, long way away from anybody who's family. Yes. She does have friends around, but, you know, there's only so much they can sort of fulfill and do for her. So so what do you do? Because I'm a few states away from my yeah. parents and we all got clamped down yeah. and it was it was hard and we were going through health things, too. So I like. Mm -hmm. How do you do long distance care when it's across an ocean, I guess? Well, so when they moved, we made a point of trying to keep things as sort of a few things as normal as possible. They'd had mm. somebody who helped them in the garden because they had a pretty huge garden in Scotland. So this guy who's coincidentally called Murray also still comes once a week. The person who was caring for my dad sort of kind of took on the role to help him care for my mom as much as she sort of needed it. Mm -hmm. And then somebody who used to come and clean once a fortnight... We also sort of just kept her coming. Um, yeah. It was a much, you know, much smaller house and didn't really need it. But just to have some consistency and some sort of sense of routine and a pattern to her weeks so that she knew on Wednesday this was happening, on Thursday this was happening, on, you know. Oh, that's so nice. That's, that's been huge for my sister and I to know that we've got those people looking out for her and available yep. at the end of a phone call or an email just to pop by and drop in. Just to be eyes. Just right? to be yeah. eyes on the ground. But it's, yeah, it's been a very hard transition and I definitely feel further away than I ever have. Yeah. Are you able to think about visiting soon? We've been talking about it a lot, just keeping an eye on what's happening in Scotland. Um, yeah. Talking to people who've managed to fly back to the UK, 
fly back to England mostly. I know that there was a big uptick in Glasgow the other mm-hmm. day and they had to shut down again. And the, the new strain is definitely taking hold in the U- UK, I think. Uh, my mom, when I spoke to her this morning, said that Scotland's on another sort of round of lockdown. It's just constantly fluctuating. And my fear is, you know, yeah. I go back alone and I get stuck there or I go back with just Michaela because she's also vaccinated and we get stuck there or we all go back as a family and we get stuck there. Um, yes, I, you know. none of those scenarios uh, sound yeah. great. <laughs> if, I don't, if I don't work, I don't get paid. And the same goes for my wife. You know, she's an archivist and works for a photographer right now and also for the Haitian Cultural Exchange. So she's working on their archives. But um, it's a tough predicament to be in. My business partner, Ben Lawrence, is also going through a family medical situation that's been going on for a while with his wife. And it's also not good. So I do feel very bound to stay in New York, regardless of what my mom's going through. It's sort of almost a case of just putting on my own oxygen mask before I can really put on anybody else's. Right. But it's a tough position to be in because you feel torn. You feel, you know, where's your loyalty? Uh, uh, Yeah. It's an impossible situation. It is. Are you thinking about, and I'm sure you are, but will she need in-home care at some point? Like what the next stage might look like? She's already almost getting that to be honest i mean she lives alone with her cat my mom too (laughs) this lady margaret has been i think popping in now almost every day just to kind of keep an eye Mm -hmm. you know she my mom was also classic fell recently and hurt herself and then realized that she couldn't you know she couldn't get dressed and she couldn't tie her shoelaces and so margaret's been wonderful in dropping by and helping her with a lot of those types of things. But as far, yeah. as, the, as far as the sort of the next stage or the next phase goes, try to talk about it, try to think about it. But, you know, it took a long time for my parents to come around to moving out of their house. And so yes. it's not yep. a conversation that comes up very often. Uh, quite different from Michaela, my wife's family, who have a very different approach to, uh, to the practical things of growing old. You really? Know, my mother-in-law already has her gravestone in place, engraved. With her birthday and then a hyphen and then no, no, no. You no know, and yet. there was an age where you probably you thought, know. that is ridiculous. And well, now I think, thank you. Thank yeah, you no, it definitely spooked, <laughs> it spooked my parents because I sent a picture of, uh, of uh, Susan <laughs> reclining on her own gravestone, smoking a cigarette with her blue hair. And my mom, my parents, would my, they just couldn't get their head around it. But Susan <laughs> was an only child, only grandchild who had to take care of, you know, her parents and her grandparents. And she was like, I just don't want to wish what I had to go through upon anybody. So I'm taking care of everything and you don't have to do anything. So it's a very different approach to my family. As someone dealing it at the same age, same things, yeah. I think that is wonderful. And I want yeah. to do the same for my kids. Oh, absolutely. I, I just, right? <laughs> I could do anything for my children. It would be to leave everything so clear and clean. You know, my sister and I had to dig around for my father's will. My mom didn't know where it was or even if he had one. I finally found it slid in the very front of a no. raw file in the in the garage. Um, <laughs> uh, you know that, that type of thing is just uh, it's just so different um, in terms of approaching the reality of you know death that's going to happen and come to us all. There's always a mess left behind, and and mess is a it's a rough word, but it is. It's always complicated, even. If, all the stuff that gets that's organized and whatnot, those still will be things that yeah. we still, but just everything I could take off my children's plate oh, for that, absolutely. I would love to do that because mm-hmm. I, we have now done it. We, uh, in our family, we have multiply married parents. Okay. So it's, it's not just two sets of parents. It's like, 
Yeah. Like four, you know, I don't know. It's, yeah. it, there's a lot. And then there are step siblings and the like, it just, everything that we can do to just make this clean mm-hmm. is awesome. It, that's the gift I want to give our next generation that we're, that we went to the trouble of creating. Yeah. We, you know? yeah. <laughs> and so are you and your sister able to work together and deal with yeah, scheduling? I mean, we talk quite a lot by WhatsApp, which is fantastic. And we can email, obviously. And we have various people who are still helping navigate my father's estate and will and things like that, um, which is sort of ongoing, a slow process, complicated by a variety of sort of interesting uh, <laughs> things about the things family. you learn. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I just yeah. had a lawyer talk yesterday about my mother-in-law. I yeah. like it's yes, the things that you never really wanted to know that now you're becoming an expert in. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so they've been great. The people are, that are helping are fantastic. And they know that, you know, they can't email my mother something and she needs to sign it. They need to actually just print it out and mail it to her with a with right. an envelope, with a return address, stamped with a big arrow saying sign here. You know, all of those types of things. We've got people set up to just, just help navigate that because the paperwork mm-hmm. is something, you know, my mom never did anything really. My dad just took care of it. It was a generation where they just kind yep. of, the men just took care of those types of bills and those types of pieces of paperwork. And my mom never really had to. So it's all kind of new, yep. her, which is, which is pretty alarming and terrifying uh, for her at the age of 87. Well, and that's, uh, that was my next question is that, does she feel involved? Does she want to be involved? I think our generation is very much get it done. <laughs> or maybe that's just me personally. Yeah. And so it's constantly a stopping and saying, Hey, you're not my child. You're my mom. And so you have a point of view that we need to respect yeah. that part of these conversations. But I think she just leans and relies on us a lot Okay. for reassurance and to make sure that, you know, we understand it. And if we understand it, then she's fine with oh, it. Um, well, that's good. Which is great. Which is great to be able to support her in that way. But yeah, it's a tough transition. I remember my my mother-in-law saying when she had to take away her father's car keys and what that was like and how that felt was just such a tough thing to navigate, suddenly becoming the parent of your parents. Yes. But my mother seems to be sort of happy to have our input as much as possible and give her advice on things. So that's that's oh, that's that's a good relation. You know, it, it's. Yeah. That's one of the pros of of, uh, of that original setup is that if it kind of yeah. changes over to you guys, then it's, you know, you mm-hmm. guys can just kind of move ahead and and she knows she's in good hands. We can try to, yeah. Although the conversation now generally begins or ends with her wanting to get a bicycle and how excited she is about the idea of getting an electric bicycle. So um, oh, no. I don't quite know how to navigate <laughs> this uh, other than tell her to go and try one maybe. Uh, which is what I've said. Maybe you could find a store and you could try one for five minutes with somebody before you rush out and think this is a good idea at the age of 87. Oh, I don't mean to be ageist, but I'm going to be. But oh no, oh no, no. (laughs) It's so tough. You know, she really wanted to try and get her driver's license again. And and I was, yeah. we for for the longest time, you said this is a terrible idea, but she has a friend who keeps on and has kept on encouraging her. So now I've just told my sister and, you know, my sister and I are just of the, okay, go for it. You know, go take a few lessons and see what happens because then it's out of our hands and somebody else is telling you that you won't pass your test or you're not safe to drive. Yeah. And it's like that with the bicycle. I'm like, find a store and pop to a store and take it for a spin for two minutes and see what happens instead of this sort of round and round <laughs> cyclical conversation. Right. 
which doesn't ever really transpire into right so there's that <laughs> oh my goodness yeah well and so because we deal with uh financial wellness is are you able to get her finances in a place where you feel like she's she'll be cared for she i mean she's in a fairly good place luckily okay. i mean from a for a number of different reasons you know they sold the house and moved into a smaller house and so that portion is available to her i think financially she's in a pretty good place yeah you know her sister has been incredibly generous in helping her out if she ever needs anything so I think that's something that's not such a concern, which not is a the huge, worry. huge luxury, yeah. which is a huge luxury. And so she, you have time to try to dissuade her from getting the electric bike. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. I think, she, you know, she used to drive a Vespa or a Lambretta when she was a teenager in London. And I think a lot of it is just her reminiscing about flying around London on a Vespa with no helmet and a tiny Yorkshire Terrier in a basket in the front. She imagines that she'll be able to do this again, even though she's, uh, yeah. you know. I want that. I've realized for myself that I think I would kill myself on a Vespa, but I would love to be yeah. uh, on a Vespa with no helmet right. and with a cute little dog in the front. <laughs> Sounds great, right? And I it does sound great. I, I don't, I, I don't love it. I her. Yeah. it. But I think a lot of it's a little uh, mildly delusional, should we say? Well, me from myself as well. So, <laughs> but, ah, uh, all right. Well, I, I say to you, good luck on finding the resource on the electric bike Thank you. conversation. Yeah. I think. Uh, it's uh, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting one. I mean, you know, when she moves on to like rollerblades or so, you know what I could do? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm waiting for that. She's going to be hang gliding next. They actually do quite a lot of hang gliding near our house, and I'm waiting for that no. conversation. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us on Club Sandwich. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. I will now be thinking for a long time about your 87-year-old mom on an electric bike. Right. And, and with a small dog. And I think the small dog, dog is, is, oh, is necessary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so thank you so much. You're welcome. Are you living life in the middle? Share your story at firstly.com. Please take a moment to rate and review our podcast. It really helps us grow. And of course, if you could use a little extra financial wellness help, visit firstly.com created specifically with the sandwich generation in mind and let me know what you think and until then we'll see you each week in the club club sandwich <laughs> <laughs>